0: Fifteen years ago, Heather and I were led by God to plant Life Point Christian Church here in Elk Grove. To plant a church where people would discover Jesus and then experience the abundant life that Jesus came to give to all of us. People began responding to God's good news message. And God was growing his church there over at Elliott Ranch Elementary School on the southeast side, uh, or southwest side of Elk Grove. Then, six years ago, God opened the door for us to to lease this facility, this Harley-Davidson building. Every part of that story was miraculous. I don't have time to go into the details today. If you ever want to know some of it, I'd be happy to share them with you. Then, a little over two years ago, God gave us an opportunity to purchase this facility again. So many miracles just behind the purchase story alone. Every part of the story was incredible. And one of the things we discovered in that season is that God was the one who chose that season for us. We weren't actually looking to do that. God laid that season before us. And as a result, we set out on a, as a church on this two-year generosity initiative. Many of you were here at the time, right? But a lot of you weren't. And a lot of you weren't here, and you've come since then, and you've wondered, you've seen maybe signs up there that say beyond, and you're, you're wondering, what is this all about? We called the initiative beyond, and it was built upon Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20, which says that God is able to do far more abundantly beyond all that we ask or think, according to his power that works within us. And so we set out on this partnership journey with God together that God was going to do beyond what we could imagine, and that he would do that in us and through us. And so through the Beyond initiative, it was our hope to purchase this facility. And if by miracle God would open a door to purchase some property around us, we wanted to do that as well. Before we dove into that season, I walked next door one afternoon, and and I got down and I grabbed this jar and I, I filled it with dirt from the property next to us. And this was before I met with the staff, before I met with the elders, and before we even laid it out to them. And I filled it up and I began to pray and I said, God, give us this land. If it's your will, give us this land. And so I've kept this as a reminder of what God was doing in that season, in that time. We also wanted to enhance our current facility by making changes that would hopefully better facilitate our vision and, and, and future growth and, and, and the future itself. And then finally, we wanted to make additional commitments to missions, that it wasn't just about us, but it was about what God was also doing elsewhere in the world. So to help us reach our dreams, do you remember what we did? We asked us to be a part of this as a church. And we ask you to ask a very specific question. We ask you to ask this question, to go before God and to pray and say, God, what would it look like for me to give in such a way that it changes me? It wasn't, going, it wasn't meant to be at least just a raise money initiative. It was a meant to be a season that God would use our finances as a tool. God uses all sorts of tools, but he used use our finances as a tool to grow our faith and grow our trust in him. And so we asked you to pray about that and to seek God. And as God led you, we asked you, write down a number that you feel God is leading you by His grace and your faith and trust in Him that you would be able to give over the next two year period of time. Well, you as a church, those who were here at the time, you committed not the $3.8 million, which was our initial goal, which included our two years of budget plus the additional funds to do what we had a vision to do, but you committed a little over $4 million. And we praised God at that time for the faith of the people. And as a result, we began to move ahead. And you remember that season, almost uh, two years ago? And in that time, God did something beyond which we, what we could have imagined. He gave us, right as we were going in that, He gave us an opportunity to actually purchase almost four acres of dirt off of our southeast corner of our property. Again, that was a miracle in and of itself, especially since the owners of the property, they didn't sell property. They only bought property. And so it was even more bizarre and strange that they chose to put a for sale sign up that faced us and us alone that nobody else could see. It was crazy it was miraculous. So we were able to purchase this facility, this building, and purchase that property and do it all in one transaction. Again, another huge story in and of itself and another huge miracle. In this time, we have planted Unite Church in Pasadena that is doing very, very well under the leadership of Pastor Jeff Snodgrass. And about 20 or so of us went down there earlier this year on grand opening day to be a part of what Jeff and his team have been doing down there. We also got the opportunity to buy property in Mexico because we wanted to plant a new church in Mexico. And so we were able to buy that property. And then we went down together, and some of you were a part of that. We went down together earlier this year. And we literally physically built the church, and we built a house for the pastor. This year, we're excited because we're going to go back this year, or this coming year, and we're going to go back and work with the church again, hopefully do some work around and with the church, and then also building some homes for people in the church and to continue that par- partnership. Now, we, we have been working hard, and I got to tell you, it seems like it has been so long to figure out our next steps for transforming our own facility to align more with our vision as a church. We're finally, finally after two years starting to see some clarity of what that's going to look like. And and that's been a long, slow process. I got to tell you, as someone who's trying to lead the way in this, that has been like, let's go, let's go, let's go. And I'm telling you, we are starting to see some good clarity, and we'll, we'll share some of that with you in the upcoming weeks. Here's what you need to know, is that every single dollar given over the last two years by those who made a commitment to the Beyond Initiative, and by those who didn't necessarily commit, but they gave, and if you've been new these last two years, and if you've given to God through LifePoint, every single dollar has gone to this Beyond Initiative. So I need to stand before you today and say thank you. Thank you for being a part of this Beyond initiative and being part of what do- God has been doing here and being a part of this Beyond journey that we've been celebrating together. Indeed, we have watched God do far more abundantly beyond all that we could ask or think according to the power that works within us. So as we wrap up the next uh, this season of Beyond over the next few months and We'll draw your attention back to some of what has occurred to kind of remind us and to celebrate and and do that. We want to do that. But I want us to point to the future. I want us to look ahead. And it's my desire that we would build off the season that God has been working in us. And I got to tell you, one of the great miracles of Beyond this season was that so many of you were and are generous In spite of the fact, I want you to think about this, we never taught you how to be generous. We asked you to be generous without teaching you how. And I would say to you, as your pastor, looking back and thinking about that, that is in and of itself a miracle. Your generosity, not having even learned how to do it. So here's what I want to do for a few weeks. I want to teach us how. I want to teach us how to be generous. What's interesting is many of you have picked up on and applied some of the principles of generosity without even knowing it because you asked God to, to, to help you and you ask God to uh, help you give in such a way that changes you. And I think that's incredible that you've picked up on some of those principles. Others of you, you're here today and you're new or newer to LifePoint. You weren't here when we dove into this Beyond initiative two years ago and You haven't heard us teach on financial stewardship. It's something prior to Beyond we would do every year, but we've kind of paused and held off on that the last couple of years. So this short series is not going to be about being generous with your time or generous with your talents or generous with whatever. This is specifically going to be about how to be generous with your finances. You know we do a lot of series talking about generosity and giving, giving of your time and giving of your talents. 90% of the time, that's how we use that word, give. But this series is meant to zero in for you and I on the one thing that oftentimes stands in the way of us experiencing the incredible joy, the life to the fullest that Jesus came to give us. It's why Jesus had to talk so much about money. It's why Jesus had to teach us and say to us, do not worry about money so let's go through this together today and I'd encourage you to take notes and the first idea is this for us to kind of lay the foundation is everybody gives did you know that everybody in this room gives as Americans we're pretty good at that we all give but not everyone knows how to be generous Everybody gives, but not everybody knows how to be generous. Now, what do I mean by that? You see, generosity is not random acts of giving. It's not the same thing. Many of us are good, uh, very good at random acts of giving. See, if there's a need that arises, if there's floods, if there's fires, if the school has a need, if children need shoes, if a family in church has a need, man, we step up. And we meet those random needs, circumstance-based needs. And I'm not against that. And I say the more random acts of giving, the better. I'm all in and I'm all for that. It's important. But generosity transcends random acts of giving. Random acts come as a result of need. Comes as a result of someone coming to you and making a sales pitch. Or... You felt guilty, and so you gave. We all give to someone or something in need, but generous people actually move beyond the random. They elevate their giving to entirely new heights and new levels. So here's what's exciting for us. This is kind of the, the why this is helpful and why this is so valuable to us and why we'll pause and get us who God has gathered in this season to move together into this next season. When you learn how to order your life around generosity, when you actually learn and practice the pursuit of generosity, when you are generous, you will actually give more. You will actually give more. And the surprising part about it, it's almost like the twist. You ready for this? You'll end up saving more. That's the part that's that's mind-boggling, and it's even counterintuitive, but it's one of the miracles of God when we become generous people. You'll save more when you're generous, and finally, you'll actually consume less. You'll spend less. That lure of materialism will loosen its grip on your life, and you'll find that you'll have more contentment. Generous people give more. They save more. And they consume less as they develop a new contentment that doesn't happen any other way except through generosity. Now, here's the promise that Jesus makes to you and I. Jesus promises us this. He says, if you are generous, you'll actually be happier. And we'll dive into that a little bit later. He says, if you're generous, you'll actually be happier. Now, let me throw this out to you as almost a side note. If you're sitting here this morning and you have totally fi- uh, just, you know, fouled up your finances, and, and I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you've screwed up your finances. No, no, don't do it. <laughs> but I mean, some of us are sitting here and our finances are so out of whack that, that part of us is sitting here, and I know it always exists in this environment, that we're hesitant to listen some of us have already made a determination, like we've willed it, that we're going to be busy the next couple weeks on Sunday, right? But, but I have another motivation for you to hang in there and, and stick with us, especially if you have messed up your finances. What about your kids, your grandkids, your nieces, your nephews? If you can come these next couple weeks and if you could bring them with you, and have them listen, and have them take, take notes, if you will teach them to be generous. Remember, you've messed up your own, if you're in the category, you've messed up your own finances. If you will teach your kids how to be generous, then when they're old, they will have more than enough money to take care of you. <laughs> so you'll be good. So, uh, you know, I want to encourage you, bring, and I, I'm actually serious, bring them in. And have them be a part of this season together these next couple weeks. You'll be better off, and they'll be better off. Why? Because if you order your life around generosity, not just giving, but generosity, it becomes a cornerstone habit that trickles into every single other area of your life. It's one of the most spiritual of all topics, in fact, I was talking to my son, Cam, this week, and, and he leads a Bible study with junior high boys, and I love that he does that. And I said, Cam, I said, hey, Tuesday night at LifePoint, we're going to have a Dave Ramsey Smart Money Live simulcast. Normally, it's about 80, 90 bucks a person, but it's going to be free for us. I said, you should bring the boys down and, and come be a part of the seminar. Cam's like, yeah, Dad, I, that's a good idea, but not really because, I, I, you know, he's real concerned because it's supposed to be a Bible study. And, you know, he's like, I got I to do a Bible study with the kids. I said, Cam, you go look up Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 through 24 with the boys. You look that up with them. Jesus in that passage is talking all about money. And then you do that with them, and then you come to the se- seminar because you'll figure out money is the most spiritual of all topics, and it'd be an incredible Bible study to have with these junior high boys. I told Cam, I said, Cam, if you will tell those junior boy, junior high boys right now, if you'll teach them right now, plant seeds in their life right now, just as we've done with cam if you will do that man their faith will be stronger greater more real and more alive if they get this part of their faith right talk to someone who came who shared with me they said this last sunday we talked about not worrying and and they were talking about how 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 our do not doubt last Sunday uh, message was do not doubt and and they said you know they they heard that and one of the applications for them was they were like you know what I want to bring God my whole offering my whole tithe and they were concerned financially about being able to do it but they prayed and they said God I'm gonna do it this next week I'm bringing my whole offering and haven't been able to do that in a while And, and and they came up to me and said God Chris miraculously God provided and and, and, and uh, some money to do that. And I said, so what did you do? That's, I mean, the next steps, what are you going to do? And the person said, uh, they came and they're ready to give and they're excited about that today. And, and they're real pumped about that. I said, how did that make you feel? I thought this was interesting. The person said this. They said, it made me feel Right. Right. There is that sense of knowing that that's what they wanted to do. They've been wanting to do. They prayed about it. They didn't want doubt and worry to consume them. And it felt right for them. Your faith will be greater and stronger and more real and more active and more alive when we get this topic right. Now, one reason this is so important for you and I to actually teach about. And one reason it's so important to teach you how to be generous Did you know generosity is not our natural inclination? Just look at any one or two-year-olds. What's the number one word they learn? Mine. Mine. There's nothing in human nature that's generous. It's all mine, me, me, me. Think about it. When it comes to money, what is considered normal or natural in our society is actually crazy, if you think about it. Let, Let me tell you what I mean by that. Most statistics tell us that over half of Americans spend more money than they make. One statistic that I looked up said it this way, said that over half of Americans spend $1.33 for every dollar they make. You see, that's crazy, right? In other words, we live in a culture where we think it's totally normal to live on more than we make. And I would look at that, and I, hopefully you would look at that and say, that's crazy. Next, m- most Americans spend way more money for s- paying for something and paying more than it's worth because of all the interest payments that they end up spending over the lifetime of whatever that it is. For most people, generosity is not normal, but paying a whole lot of interest is. In fact, what I've discovered in talking to people over the, the last 15 years is most people don't really care about uh, interest that they're paying. They only care about, let's see if we know what, the, they only care about, uh, uh, care about uh, what the payment, they only care about what? Can they afford. Afford. afford the payment? Can they make the payment? Oh, if I can afford that payment, if I can make that payment, who cares how much interest? And the word I've said, let's try it together, I think that's what? That's crazy. crazy. Here's what else is crazy very few of us in this room feel rich. If I were to ask you to raise your hand if you said you're rich, most of you would not raise your hand. But imagine if we could pull a person from just about anywhere else in the world, pull them out of their situation and let them spend a day with us and walk around with us and they would be able to sit and listen to your struggles and your complaints about your financial pressure. They'd look at you and say, are you insane. You're incredibly rich. They'd be like, your issue is not what you have. Your issue is contentment. Final thing that's crazy. Some might be here this morning as we're sharing this. I recognize there's always a a group of us that are bent out of shape right now, that are offended right now because we're talking about this. (laughs) And I'll say this, isn't it better be offended than be bored? I mean, come on, right? But seriously, we would rather talk about anything else except our finances. And yet our finances are the one area of our life that impacts every other area of our life. Jesus said it clearly, you can't serve both God and money. Which leads to the second reason, you and I must be taught how to be generous, Because generosity is all about our hearts. And Jesus wants your heart more than anything else. We say this every time we teach a series like this. We always say Jesus could care less about your money. What he's looking for is your heart. In Matthew uh, 6, verse 21, Jesus said this, your heart will be where your treasure is. In other words, what you do with your finances will dictate where your heart really is. And here's what I know about most of us in this room. We know that's true, don't we? Like down deep, even this person I was talking to, they were like, man, it feels right. We know that, that, that this is true, but we have found ourselves in such financial difficulty that we can't do what we know we want to do. You understand what I'm talking about? I think when I talk to most people, that's the story. They've got themselves so wound up, bound up, in debt, struggling, that they can't do, or they don't think they can do, what they want to do. Hence the reason you and I must be taught how to be generous. So that we can get our behaviors to line up with what we already know Scripture teaches us. So, if generosity isn't random acts of giving, what do we mean? If we're going to talk about generosity, and I've never talked to you how to be generous, we've just said be generous, be generous. How do you be generous? Before I answer that, let me give you a couple myths about generosity. First one is this. First myth is generosity is spontaneous. In other words, somebody down the street is having a tough time, and somebody in the neighborhood is saying, hey, we want to take care of them. And they're going around and gathering some funds and collecting money. Sure, I'll help out. I'd love to do that. The kids team is doing a fundraiser for something. You're like, yeah, I'll do my part. J.J. Watt is raising money for people in Houston. You're like, that's an important and worthy cause. I'll absolutely help out. By the way, do you know he raised over $32 million? That's incredible to think about. It's a great thing. It's wonderful to give when a need arises and it's spontaneous and it's helpful and it meets a need. And I think, Most people are good at giving, doing that, stepping up. To use our word, it's random giving. There's absolute value in that. But generous people are far more strategic in their giving. It's not a hit or miss with them. It's less spontaneous. It doesn't mean that they aren't compassionate, but that's just not what drives their generosity. So, generosity is not spontaneous giving. It's not random giving. Here's a second myth the myth that says generosity is determined by cash flow. I just got paid. So, hey, if a need arises, I could be generous today. It's the end of the month. Uh, I can't be generous today. In other words, my generosity is determined by what's available to me at the moment by my cash flow. But that is a myth. True generosity. Those who are generous, who are actually consistently generous. Their generosity, it's not determined by cash flow because their generosity is built in, it's consistent and it's steady. Here's another myth that that we hear all the time it's the amount that, when you think about generosity, it's the amount that counts. I want you to imagine with me that if I were to stand up here right now and announce to you, say, hey, we've been in this series, this Beyond Initiative, and we're kind of winding it down, and we're a little short, and, and we've been praying, and, and, and hey, we want to let you know, someone just came forward and wrote a $200,000 gift. I think inside, most of us would think, praise God, that's generous, wouldn't you? I mean, just, we'd be like, praise God, I'm not writing that check, that's, that's pretty awesome. That's generous, and that person's accountant happens to be in the audience, and they're sitting there, and they lean over to their spouse, and they say, there's nothing generous about it. The guy makes $10 million a year and is never given a dime. I told him he had to do this for tax purposes. <laughs> it was the first time that tightwad has ever given in his life, and 2% was all I could convince him to give. You see, adding zeros to an amount does not necessarily determine uh, or or guarantee whether or not a gift is generous. Luke chapter 21, verse 4, Jesus commended a poor widow's extreme generosity. The amount was hardly anything. She was generous because she didn't give from her extra or from her plenty. She gave in a sacrificial way. It's a myth to say it's the amount that counts. Final myth says that rich people are the ones who can be generous. And I got to tell you, this one right here is the myth that trips pretty much everybody up. This is the one that really grabs most of us. And it keeps the majority of people being givers and not becoming generous people. This is the myth that keeps us as, yeah, we give, but we don't become generous. Here's how the faulty logic goes. Since I don't think I'm rich, I therefore cannot be generous. But one day. You ever said that? One day. One day when I have more than I have now. Then I'll be able to be generous. But right now? I just don't have it at this stage of my life. So if you haven't been taking notes, because this is a big one, I'd encourage you to at least write this one down, even just put it on your phone and email it to yourself. Super important, here it is. Rich people are rich, generous people are generous, and there's no correlation between the two. Did you catch that? Rich people are rich, generous people are generous, and there's no correlation between the two if you are not already practicing the principles of generosity, when you become what you think is rich, you will not all of a sudden become generous because there's no correlation between how much money you have or how much money you make and whether or not you're generous. They're two completely different things. In other words, everyone, regardless of your income level, can be a generous person if you learn how to be generous. So, let me give you a description. It's kinda gonna be a working description for us for just the next couple of weeks to describe generosity, and I gotta tell you, it's clunky. It's meant to be clunky, so you can kinda hold on to it and think about the parts of it. And hopefully, you'll think about generosity and how to be generous in fresh, new ways. First of all, generosity is premeditated. You know what that means? It just simply means you and I plan ahead, that we have a plan which means we're going to say yes to some things and we're going to say no to other things because we have a plan. Generous people are guided by a plan. They are not guided by the whims of their desire at any given moment. Generosity is premeditated. Second, generosity is calculated. Generous people know how much they're going to give. It's not random. It's chosen purposefully, intentionally, and prayerfully. It is an amount, a percentage a predetermined amount, a predetermined percentage. You know what's incredible to me? Is because of Beyond, this initiative we went through together, some of you, for the first time in your life, you picked an amount to give be- to God. You'd given before, but it was never calculated. You gave what you thought you could when you could, but due to Beyond, you prayed about it. And do you remember? You selected an amount. You predetermined what you would give over, this, over the next two years. And because you did that, and because you tried to faithfully pursue that for a lot of you, your generosity has changed you the last couple of years. And I say to those who started doing that, way to go. Man, I'm proud of you for taking that step because you tapped in To this generosity principle. By the way, let me just throw this out to you. And I say this from time to time. Please, please, please email me your generosity story. Email me your journey and how it's changed you these last couple years. We've been in this two years together. Man, I'm dying to know some of your stories. And what I suspect, because it's almost always true, some of your stories can be an incredible encouragement to others. Please email me. Let me hear the goods, the bads, the ups, the downs, the moments of incredible faith, the moments of extreme doubt and fear and worry. Oh, the series we just talked about prepared us, by the way, for this series, in case you're wondering. It was intentional. Finally, generosity is designated. Generous people have predecided where it's going to go. God said in Proverbs chapter 3 and in Malachi chapter 3 to bring your first fruits to God. To bring it into the storehouse, modern translation, bring it into the local church. Those of you here, you did that through beyond. You decided God was going to get a regular amount. You designated where it was going to go and you gave to God through LifePoint. You too unknowingly headed down this path of generosity you tapped into the principles of generosity so generous people they're people who have a premeditated plan where they calculate in a specific amount of money and that they're going to give it away to something that they have designated where it's going to go that's just what this series is about i want to help you with that it's about a premeditated, calculated, designated emancipation of personal financial assets. And God wants this for you. And he wants it so bad for you because it's going to free your heart from the love of money. It'll free your heart from that death grip of materialism that grabs so many of us. And you're going to reach to entirely new levels of, com- of contentment you're going to begin to experience entirely new levels of joy and peace and freedom. To be able to worship God in freedom in a way for some of you, you've never been able to. This leads us to a verse I want us to look at together this morning. I want you to turn to Acts chapter 20. It's the most popular verse in the Bible about generosity. It's so popular, it's actually like a pithy little saying, and some of us are like, we didn't even know it was in the Bible, or that Jesus even said it, because we've heard it so often. And in this passage, Paul is going to quote Jesus in his tearful goodbye to his friends, his good friends, the Ephesians. And we're in Acts chapter 20, if you turn there. And Paul in this passage reminds them of all he did for them. And he's talking about his generosity. And it's not that he's bragging. He's just saying, look, I lived a generous life in front of you. And when I'm gone, uh, you know, I'm not going to see you ever again. So when I'm gone, I want you to continue to live the same kind of generous life as well. So let's look at this together. Here's what he says to them. Acts chapter 20, verse 35. He says, Remembering the words the Lord Jesus himself said, It is more blessed to what? What's the word? It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now we've said, we're not talking about giving, we're talking about generosity. You know what's very interesting about the word blessed, it's the same word Jesus uses in the Beatitudes. You know when Jesus said blessed are, you know, the peacemaker, the poor in spirit. When he said that, that's the same word here. And the word blessed actually means happy. Happy are, blessed are, it's the same thing. Secondly, This word blessed in the Greek, the original language, the word does not refer to a moment in time. It does not refer to something that just arises all of a sudden. This word refers to a way of living. In other words, blessed is the person who has ordered their life around giving rather than receiving. Jesus is saying that you sow and you reap your way into joy and happiness, that this is the outcome of a lifestyle of saying to Jesus, "Uh, Jesus, I want to live a generous life. Not just have moments of giving, but live a generous life. And if you do that, if you order your life around generosity, you will be happiness because happiness, you will be happy because happiness is the outcome of a generous life. This is such, a short, uh, such an important series for us. It's a short series. We'll be done before Thanksgiving. And I can tell you this. Very few people will teach you how to be generous. Like I said, I went back, actually, and I read through all the sermons that I preached on this, and I looked at it all, and we just talked about generosity. I was like, there's no how. There's no how. Most people will not teach you how. They will try to inspire you to give more. They'll intr- inspire you to, to give and, and they'll even try to guilt you into give. But this is an opportunity to teach us not how to give, because everybody knows how to give, but how to be generous. And as I wrap up this morning, I just I, I wanna invite you to, to imagine with me for just a moment. Imagine that you have a checking account and it's full of money, okay? And in this checking account the only thing that is in this checking account is you look back over your lifetime and look at and figure out how much money you honestly wasted. Okay? So I just want your brain to start scan your life. All right? And you're like, "Oh my goodness." And just just start at whatever it is, whatever get-rich-quick scheme or stock or business or bad habits or second mortgages for something that you don't even have anymore or the crazy interest you paid, whatever it is, just kind of, kind of get that in your head, okay? It doesn't have to be exact, but, but you got a number in your head. For some of you, it's going to be thousands. Most of you, it's going to be tens of thousands and some even hundreds of thousands. So do you got it? You got it in your head? Now, I want you to imagine, the money is sitting there right now for you today, and it's all yours. But it's not really yours. It's yours to manage, because the next 12 months, you have to give it all away. Can't spend it on yourself. You have to give it all away. I, you got to pray about it. Ask God to lead, lead you how much and to who and to where, practicing these, picture, these principles. Do you kind of have it with me? I I really want you to do this in your head. And maybe you'll need more time to think, you'll start thinking about all the things you forgot about that were wasted. But you know, you kind of grow that number and you have 12 months to manage it, to steward it well, and to give it away. Picture it. So here's the question. Wouldn't that be an absolute blast? Seriously, I mean, does anybody disagree with me on that? No, if you do, keep your mouth shut. But the rest of us... (laughs) I think all of us are like, that would be so much fun. You wouldn't be possessive about it. You wouldn't be regretful. I'm telling you, you would experience the joy of a generous life. So here's my question for you. Why not do it going forward? Why not? Because I'm going to teach you how. You can do this. You can be generous. Not just give. We all give. But you can be generous. This account that's full of wasted money, by the way, that was you doing it your way, right? So how about we try it God's way and we learn how to be generous because if you do, if, you, if you're generous, you'll give more, you'll save more, you'll consume far less. And as a result, Jesus tells us you will be happier. And I don't want another 10, 15, 20, 30 years to go past in our life for us to miss out on the joy and the fun of being a generous person. So I hope you'll join me for just a couple weeks as we learn how to be generous people, not a giver. Man, the myth is we think we're generous, but we're just givers, most of us at least. Let's learn how to be generous. Jesus said you'll be happier. You'll be far more content. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I'm excited about what you can do in us for just the next couple weeks. God, I, help, I pray, God, you'd help us. Help us to be open, God. I know as soon as the topic comes up, there is a small group of people who they're just going to shut down and shut off. But God, I pray we'd be open to your word, open to what you say, open to look at what we just looked at the last few weeks where you said, do not fear, do not worry, do not be afraid, do not doubt. God, that we can take those things we just learned and we can put it into this area of our life that we all can become people who not just give, but God, who are generous people. And that's my hope and prayer for the people of LifePoint. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.